everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ends With Z. I'm Juan Fernandez, along with Cecile Munoz, and today we have a very special guest, our executive producer, Sean Moe, who's going to help us, Cecile, explore the topic of passion. Yes, and we're very excited to have Sean. We thought a lot about who our first guest was going to be, and mm-hmm. I think it makes absolute sense that it's Sean, not only because he is a very important part of, of this podcast, mm-hmm. but because I think our drive, our passion, and the intensity we all bring to life and our awareness um, is something that Sean obviously also has, and, and I can't wait to uh, to hear his thoughts. Welcome, Sean. Hello, both of you, Juan and Cecile. Thank you for having me on this podcast. So today we're talking about uh, passion, and I know for a lot of people, including myself, mm-hmm. it can be very stressful. It could be a big stumbling block, because I remember when I was in high school, someone asked me, especially as I was getting close to declaring a major Mm -hmm. entering college. What are you passionate about? And at that time, at 14, 15 years of age, I didn't have one. And I'm sure it felt like you were put on the spot because as -hmm. as a teenager, we rarely have the emotional maturity to not be affected by other people's opinion and being put in a spot like that. So I'm sure that was a, a really uncomfortable thing for you. Yeah, sure. And then also taking the, the, the basically a survey of my other friends. What were they passionate about? And maybe I'll choose that as my passion. And that's a really big mistake to, to mm-hmm. make. Is And that's something that many people often make is they, they basically borrow other people's passions or they feel they need mm-hmm. to care about something because it's a societal pressure. Yep. Sometimes it's a family pressure mm-hmm. and sometimes it's a social pressure. And you rob yourself of the opportunity to really sitting with yourself and saying, what do I really care about? What brings me joy? And you're right. Many people, even throughout their life, they don't know what they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Well, for me at that age, it would have been video games. So I don't know if that would have really <laughs> translated right. into that, a career in college. That's but right. I was very passionate about Pac-Man and Joust. Yeah. So I, at that age, I, you know, when I was in high school, I finished high school in Europe and it was so interesting seeing the juxtaposition between an American life, which we are fueled as kids and we're very fortunate to find what we're joyful for and, and, and express ourselves. Extracurricular mm-hmm. activities are such a big part of right. high school life here, oh, cheerleading, yeah. band, whatever else. In France, not at all, at least not when I went to high school, which wow. was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It was all academia. You had to declare basically a major in high school and you went on that track. Yee. My and, goodness. And if you had to test um, every year and if mm-hmm. you were not at a certain GPA, you went to a trade school. But so it was interesting to go from expressing yourself and having a lot of parts to your life to being very limited and very focused and and deciding who you're going to be at that age which brought in a lot of pressure as a kid to try and figure out when it's really a process of self-discovery which Mm -hmm. is what we love to talk about in this podcast yes and my problem for me was i associated passion with income producing decisions so my passion would have to be connected to a career choice which would then Yes. Make money, like Sean was saying. Video games may not have been a big money maker for him back but then. For me, I just yeah. thought of passion as what do I love to do, and or what am mm-hmm. I good at, and what brings me joy. Yes, and, and you know, as I have been very much part of uh, the the common belief of work your passion. If you're passionate about what you do, you'll never work a day mm-hmm. in your life. Mm-hmm. And as further research in all the major universities, uh, Stanford, Harvard, Columbia, Yale. All of them are conducting research, um, mm-hmm. plus the, the big management consulting firms like Deloitte, 
um, they are all conducting research of what is the essence of passion and what is the essence of purpose. And that's what we want to um, invite our listeners to, to think about along with us in today's podcast. And the truth is, there's a lot of gray area. Mm-hmm, but sure. I think mm-hmm. that passion, passion, for, at least for me, passion is what I love to do. I believe that passion is self-reflective, is what I ask of the world selfishly for me, to the joys, the pleasures, the things that make me happy. And Mm -hmm. I want to have lots of different things for which I'm passionate about in the course of my life. And they should change as we get older. Mm -hmm. Well, let's hope. (laughs) (laughs) One, what are you passionate about now? These days, you know what? I try to find things that make me happy, right? Mm-hmm. For example, this podcast is making me very happy. I was mm-hmm. talking to you about that as um, sharing with our listeners our thoughts, our ideas. And and these are ideas that we've been having for a very long time. And mm-hmm. you kind of keep it to yourself, but sharing it with others, it, it's really um, it's really fueled me. I've really enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least today. And, and as we were saying, it does change uh, little by little. You were talking about extracurricular activities, and it triggered a thought when I was in school, I wasn't very good at mathematics, but I was very good mm-hmm. at reading out loud. So the teacher would would ask who'd like to start reading this chapter, and I'd raise my hand, and I'd start. We'd, each student would take a paragraph, and we'd get through a lesson. I really enjoyed doing that. Um, I also was part of the team that did the morning announcements at school, the Pledge of Allegiance, the morning prayer. I went to Catholic school and that sort of thing. But again, that was extracurricular. I never associated that with a career with something to do, but I really enjoy doing it. And you did it instinctively, and that's what's so interesting um, because, again, to remind our listeners, you are an Emmy-winning news broadcaster yeah. yes mm-hmm. and and you you so you found what you're really good at to to drive your career and that's a really important distinction mm-hmm. so let's let's sit a moment with with passion okay uh, I, I was doing a lot of reading as I always do uh, in preparation for this podcast because we thought it was something important to talk about and um, one of the one of the pieces of information that came across over and over and over uh, from the study uh, done by by Yale University, uh, a professor, Dr. Paul O'Keefe. Mm-hmm. Basically, he distills it to say that passion is not a noun. Passion is a verb. And I thought about that for a while. And I think one of the one of the dangers we can have is to focus so much on this is my passion, this mm-hmm. is what I'm going to be, and tie it to your identity. This is going to be my profession. This is what I'm going to be. And it becomes an all or nothing. I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket. And what they were saying is, here's the potential negative results. Number one, if you're just focused on one thing, how do you explore other things in your right. life? Or if you allow people to say, you know, this is you, you, you're so talented, you should be a painter. Mm-hmm. But what if it doesn't afford your life the way you want to have a life? And if you're so focused on one thing, also and it doesn't work, how are you prepared to deal with life's challenges? Right. Having tunnel vision or, or horse blinders Correct. on can can lead you astray, Correct. for lack of a better word. You, uh, you also shared with us at one point that um, in your aptitude test, it said mm-hmm. that you should have been a scientist. Oh, sure. Imagine if you kept down that path. I could never see myself as a scientist today. <laughs> and again, <laughs> mathematics is involved and I'm terrible at it. So, so that would have I would ended. have failed eventually. I, I wanted to be a, a neurologist, you know, going back to the mm-hmm. brain. I wanted to be a neurologist and do research. And, and in France, you have to declare 
your major in high school. And so for me, with sciences, and uh, you do a version of gross anatomy in high school, and I remember I always felt a little, a little ill, a little uncomfortable, a tickle in my throat when we were doing the the, the aspects of, of uh, the coursework that meant dissecting mm-hmm. animals. Mm-hmm. And, but I kept it to myself because I was very competitive and you know I needed to make the best grades. I was there on an academic scholarship. But I remember only this much. Walking into the room where they had a cadaver, I remember wow. getting it really dark and then I remember waking up in the hospital. <laughs> Turns out I'm severely allergic to formaldehyde. So that kind oh. of cancels out that, that idea. So I think if I would have really just been married to that, I would have been completely devastated. It would have been very hard for me to overcome that obstacle. And instead of saying, okay, well, I believe that I'm good all of a lot of different things. I'm really smart. So what else can I do? And it's led me to mm-hmm. a a far more interesting life. Well, that story of the formaldehyde, I've heard uh, other people say, you know, listen to the direction of the universe, follow that direction, and you will find your passion. You will find where you should be at that time. Obviously, that yes. that experience you had changed the course Correct. of your career. Correct. And it, and it reminded me that I was passionate about uncovering what the brain, had uh, the connection of the brain and action mm-hmm. and people, but what my real purpose in life is to understand human connection and understands understand what drives people to to excel and become unlocked and I didn't realize it back then and just like I didn't realize it when I changed careers to the profession that I have now that I find so rewarding Um, but as we always share with our listeners it's about self-awareness and stopping and allowing yourself to think limitlessly what else can I do, and, and what what is this bringing to my life? Well, Sean, you had a recent experience where you discovered a passion that was basically there all along, and because you had that passion, you were asked to uh, join a board. Can you explain a little bit about that? Well, yes, um, I love to hike. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing it for years. I live close to Running Canyon. Mm-hmm. A lot of people might know it's one of the most popular hiking sites. Very busy in yeah, town. Beautiful and a very popular uh, tourist attraction worldwide. And I live close to Runyon and I hike there all the time. And um, I've been doing it for years and I, I actually hike with um, a little spin. I <laughs> uh, I hike balancing a water bottle on my head. That's right. <laughs> um, I call it mindful hiking. And it's just something I, I started doing just kind of by happenstance one day years ago. and. Mm-hmm. I went. I started doing it ever since, and I was able to balance the bottle, and <laughs> and I kind of become known for it. Um, as a result, um, I. You made it into the newspaper, right? Well, I made I it into the, the newspaper, newspaper, but before that, um, it actually landed me a spot on the board of Friends of Running Canyon because the board members had seen me doing this for years, and they knew <laughs> I was an avid hiker. And when they started talking to me about Runyon, I had tons of suggestions because I was there so much. And they mm-hmm. asked me, well, gosh, we would like for you to join our board. And and that that my hiking, my mindful hiking actually led me to be on a board for a park that I love to hike at. So it just kind of was a, a full circle moment that one thing led to the other, which led right. to the other. And what you're doing now with the board is only going to help future generations who enjoy that beautiful park, keeping it clean, keeping it available for 
many generations to come. That's true. But what mm-hmm. I want to add to that, Sean, because Sean is an incredibly humble person, and that's one of the many things that I love and respect mm-hmm. about you, is that I believe, having met some of your board members, um, mm-hmm. that what they may have connected with you because, again, you can look, look up the LA Times article about Runyon Canyon, and you'll see a picture of Sean. It is really jaw-dropping to see you hike up this very steep hill with this full bottle of water and not once have it fall off your head. I've done it with you, not with the bottle, but I've done it with you. And <laughs> Yeah, you I, witnessed it. I was not successful. It doesn't um, move, which it is amazing. Move, I've seen it Which is too, talks yeah. to core strength. But anyhow, um, back to, to what I wanted to share is that what they saw in you, Sean, and why you have been such a important and impactful part of this board is because you brought what I believe is your purpose. And I'd love for you to tell us what you think your purpose is because it is different than your passion. And I believe that your passions can fuel and augment your purpose. Mm-hmm. But what they saw in you is your ability to bring focus and energy and make such an incredible difference um, to the park because the park was at a risk of having a very important piece of it annexed out and be sold out and mm-hmm, would have right. completely changed the character and the accessibility to millions mm-hmm. of people. This beautiful, beautiful nat- natural park. And you were a key driving force in securing the funding to, um, to, to making sure that this park was there. And I say that equally to all the board members who are a key driving force um, because when you bring a collection of people who have a shared purpose yes. like you do in a company things mm-hmm. that seem insurmountable like raising millions of dollars become doable and i think that that's what they saw in you they saw that you were equally as intense as they and collectively all of you brought, brought so are to, you saying his passion leads to a purpose i'm saying that his passion brought attention to a group of people but the reason they asked him on the board and the reason why he was a contributing member mm-hmm. is because he tapped into his purpose Do you and agree, have a shared, well yes we all have a shared purpose yes for sure of preserving and maintaining and making sure the park is there for generations to come so mm-hmm. um yes they saw that in me and i saw that in them and i'm Correct. so proud of all the work that we've done and being able to accomplish in such a short amount of time. So what is your purpose, Sean? What do you think is your purpose in life? I think it's to make things better, to improve mm-hmm. make things, to improve situations, to be the catalyst for change. And I think that that's what all those board members, again, I've had the pleasure of meeting some of them. That's, that's what, uh, that's what uh, they all share in common. And I think that when we think about companies and, and switching to, to bringing to light mm-hmm. The professional world because many times we say you got to work your passion you got to live your passion right. and your passion is your profession a lot of people find a lot of dissatisfaction in that they don't feel like they're getting their the, the, the juice that they want from living a, a passionate professional life and i think if you think about it this way and 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 firms are changing companies are changing and mm-hmm. those who have a very clear purpose to what they do and find their, their employees, their team members to share in that purpose mm-hmm. can overcome and succeed and meet any challenge. And it's true in, an, in a not-for-profit and mm-hmm. it's true in a, in a company, but when you bring somebody mm-hmm. that either doesn't agree in the purpose, doesn't equally support it, pretends that they support it but doesn't equally support it, there's a disconnect. There's a, there's a, there's a feeling of this is not making sense among the team 
Everyone needs to be on the same page. Is what That's you're what we mean about everyone being on the same page. Mm-hmm. It, it, and when you when it's authentic, again, amazing things can happen, and you have the resilience mm-hmm. to overcome things in life. I think something Sean was saying when you asked him about uh, purpose. I think a lot of times purpose is is tied to your legacy, what you leave behind. Yes. Right? Yes. yes, and I think that when uh, when purpose is described by psychologists and Mm -hmm. and by researchers they talk about something outside of yourself Mm -hmm. Um, and what that means what I believe it means it's like you said Juan what you leave behind is what you give to the world Mm -hmm. if passion is what you take in from the world you love hiking um, you you, you love that I love what it does for the for me personally exactly right it's just for you but what you give to the outside world Mm -hmm. that is what you bring to the purpose, that, that's your purpose in life. Some people call it your life purpose. The French have a term called the raison d'être, which means your reason for being. For being. Mm-hmm. And if you wanna know what that is, most of us don't know, most of us don't have the time to sit and ponder and think what makes us happy. And we talk a lot about right. that. Life and, complicates things. That's right. Mm-hmm. And again, um, you might have a career that you think that's what you're supposed to do because you're good at. Um, but it might not make you happy. If you stop and think about what makes you happy, I say sometimes this. If you think about what you would do, even if you didn't get paid for it, right. mm-hmm. that you feel you have something to give back to the world, you can start uncovering what your life purpose is. Right. It's the $64,000 question, as they say. It really isn't easy for a lot of people. <laughs> no, Passion it isn't, isn't fixed. No. It keeps changing. And, and hopefully people are lucky enough, Cecile and Sean, to discover it but there are certain ways that you can yes. discover um what your passion is right yes you can you can uh what well what you can do to discover what your passion is mm-hmm. is first of all is be open to the things that bring joy right. allow yourself to explore things that bring joy to you and and bring uh, joy to your life and understand that it is not again a noun right but it's a, a verb, verb. Mm-hmm. action word mm-hmm. uh, that's right Passion is something that you can also develop over time um, when you become so fixated on it. And you don't have to be an expert at it. You know, right. you, you can love, I love to sing. I <laughs> cannot sing. <laughs> and, and you don't want to hear me sing. But you love to dance too and you're very good at it. Well, thank you. So, thank you. I love to mm-hmm. dance. And yes, and, and listen, if I would have, I do competitive ballroom dancing, which mm-hmm. I just started doing. If I would have given up, at every time that I th- looked at myself in the mirror and then looked at the professional that I take lessons from, I would have quit about 36 seconds into the thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. But that's the other thing about passion. If you tell yourself, I'm going to be an expert at it, and then it doesn't happen in the time frame that you gave yourself, you can become disillusioned and, right. and walk away. So give yourself time to just enjoy it. Enjoy, enjoy the, the process. Mm-hmm. Life is a process. Life is about discovery and, un- and uncovering um, what you're good at, what you're not so good at, what gives you pleasure. And above all, ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why is this giving me pleasure? Is it because other people tell me that I should? Is mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I, I am doing it because everybody else in my neighborhood or everybody in my family does it? And, and be honest with yourself and allow yourself the permission to really find what you're passionate about. And then um, remember that becoming so singularly focused where you push everything outside of your life could potentially be dangerous, could potentially mm-hmm. bring mm-hmm. disharmony to your life. We all cheer when we watch a movie about the person who just said, I'm going to 
throw everything to the wind and just do something and then he's not a really good skier and then he makes it to the Olympics sure. and everybody <laughs> says oh my god this is because we all want that fantasy and some of those things are possible in our life we can overcome things that are not seemingly achievable mm-hmm. um, but just be mindful that it doesn't derail everything else in your life and the key sometimes too is to know maybe your passion is something very tiny it may yes. not be making it to the Olympics mm-hmm. it may be becoming a really good baker at home yeah. or yes. being the best um, parent to your children or, or yes. whatever it is or, or the a best gardener account. or yeah oh, exactly yeah. and it and again if you think about passion is what it gives you mm-hmm. and you bring up a really interesting point Juan sometimes we tie our passion and even our purpose to the glamour or the notoriety or the visibility or the life that it affords us right. In our profession and the work that we do, because we work with executives and firms uh, talking about talent and what makes talent excel, I cannot tell you how many people I have talked to who are really good at what they do, but I tell you, they are not really happy. They're unhappy, Mm -hmm. yeah. But they feel like I've reached a certain level of success in my professional life. Um, If I walk away from it, I lose, and then they start down the list. Or they think... I'm, I'm, you know, so old. Yes. I'm, 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 I'm in my 40s or 50s now. What can I do now to change? And I think right? the, the worst of them are of these self-dialogue that you can have, mm-hmm. which, again, brings back mindfulness. Um, manage your own thoughts. Why are you thinking this? And what is the emotion that is leading uh, you and therefore the action to take? I think the most, the most challenging of that is when you say, but this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think you are a doctor. I don't think you're a lawyer. I don't think you're a physician. I don't think you're a priest. I think you are someone who cares about taking care of others, or you're someone who likes to find a path forward in a lot of data and and contradicting arguments, and so on and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. It's where does, who are you really, and, and what what defines that? Well, I think if you look at the destination as the reward and not the journey itself yes, as being the reward, then that's where the journey. And it's interesting because that's what uh, a lot of a lot of great researchers and great thinkers say. Your your purpose in life is the destination. That is your true north. And Cecilia, a very interesting uh, article that Sean brought to our attention uh, features Professor Angela Duckworth. She has a brand new book out called Grit, mm. The Power of Passion and Perseverance. And basically what she says is that uh, grit doesn't mean just working really hard at something. It's also about working on something you love, staying in love with it, and because it feels so meaningful to you. That's great advice. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it talks about... Um, working at it it doesn't always come easily right. you have to develop it and and allow yourself the time to do that i think yeah. it's great advice i'd yeah. love to read that book yeah she went on to say you can grow grit just like you said cultivating the psychological assets of interest practice and purpose we've been talking about purpose and hope by surrounding yourself with the right people to encourage that grit that's wonderful and in what that uh, what that advice suggests is 
that it is a discovery. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a process. Mm-hmm. It's rewarding. You can it can lead you to engage with other people to find community. Maybe a different community. Maybe the passion that you just discovered is photography, or it's something that is outside of what you've normally have done. It invites you to have an opportunity to find other aspects of yourself or other passions. And what if it's something that is a, a positive contribution? to mm-hmm. your community around you. It, it elevates everybody. Surrounding yourself with the right people I know is important. And, and I think mentoring, mentorship is very important as well, which mm-hmm. could be another a great topic for a podcast because through my career, sadly, I didn't have a mentor. Mm-hmm. I basically did it all on my own. And I hear other people um, talk about their mentors and mm-hmm. how they had a, a, a leg up, a hand up yes. mm-hmm. into the career and, and it was really helpful to, to at least um, validate for you that you're on the right track. That's right. And it's interesting that you bring that up uh, about your professional life. And, and I'd love to make this point. And I think mm-hmm. we should have a podcast on that. And I'd, I'd love to hear the, the thoughts and opinions yeah. of listeners. But it is actually become something very popular, something that's gained a lot of focus and attention in the professional world is to have a mentor. And now even mm-hmm. with the millennials, and I think we've seen it most in the last five or 10 years, to have reverse mentoring, which is a really cool mm-hmm. concept of having uh, a more- So the exp- young teaches yes, the, the, the old. older. <laughs> and the older teaches the young. And um, we have actually a client who was the CEO of a very large um, bank, uh, division of a very large bank, and he shared that one of the most wonderful things he was learning from his millennial 27-year-old mentor, Mm -hmm. reverse mentor, uh, he said, she told me that I shouldn't have the egg on my LinkedIn profile. I've got to admit, I didn't even know what that meant. The egg? Meaning, put your picture on your LinkedIn profile. Don't just have the thing that looks like an egg. And and he thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. But he, she said, people want to look at your face. They want to know who you yeah. are. Mm-hmm. And he didn't think mm-hmm. of it because we didn't grow up in that digital world. Um, but it is re- important to to have this mentorship and, and what that says and why it's also becoming very important in the professional world is because, again, we seek human connection. Um, there's mm-hmm. a term that says you can't, be it if you don't see it. So being a, a good mentor and a good um, influencer to a different generation. And when we maybe are passionate about something or, or are unsure or we're interested mm-hmm. in something and we don't may not see the path how to get there, having someone guide you through it mm-hmm. makes your life so much richer. Which is why I think a lot of companies now use the word team yes. to describe a group of people working together, which when I was growing up was not used. No. It was all about the individual contributor. Mm-hmm. It was all about the leader who led his division to great success. We were more focused on the collective and the collective outcome mm-hmm. than the individual contribution. One of the distinct changes that we're seeing in the professional world, and we're seeing it of how people are measured now, is individual leaders are, are going to be measured more by the influence, influence excuse me, and mm-hmm. the impact they make in their organization and their ability to develop additional talent. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that leaders also have to have is the ability to recognize the passion and the talent in individuals and create a safe place to explore, mm-hmm. explore that but start with creating a culture that is very clear on its purpose and bring other people, like you were saying in in the book uh, by uh, Professor and Dr. Duckworth, Mm -hmm. find yourself in a community of people 
that right. share that purpose, that share that passion, and will encourage you, even if they may not share it, but that recognize it in you and share that purpose or, or share that passion for you to continue in that path. Yeah, I have a friend who works for uh, Price Waterhouse Cooper mm, great um, in downtown Los Angeles, and they're very proactive on that. From the minute you start with the company, you're mm -hmm. almost assigned a mentor mm -hmm. and you're assigned into a team of people. Mm -hmm. So as, as we were saying, everybody's on the same page. Yes. Everybody's moving in the same direction. I know these young men and women put a lot of time, mm -hmm. weekends, overnights, working on projects because they have the passion. Um, they have the purpose as a team together. So it actually works hand in hand. And they share that purpose. And mm -hmm. when you surround yourself with people like that, on the days that you may not have the energy, they give you that energy. If you right. don't have the clarity, they share in your clarity. And they even make a point of spending time outside the office, yes. doing different uh, sort of activities, events, team bonding mm -hmm. experiences, which I guess helps with that grit we were just talking about and, and passion. But you know what, Hunt? What if you don't know what your passion mm -hmm. is? I know we. it's easy for us to see passion at work. We see it very clearly in sports. Uh, we see these people are right. incredibly talented and passionate and they're driven. We hear the stories of endless practicing free throws. But what if you don't know your passion? Mm. There was a, a recent research uh, study done by Deloitte, which mm -hmm. is one of the world's leading uh, management consulting firms, and I think it was in 2018, and they polled thousands of people, and the truth was that most people don't have a passion, and they don't derive passion from the work that they do. Right. So that's um, that's something that is, first of all, very, very sad and very troublesome, and I think the root of it is most people have not allowed themselves either the opportunity or the, the time to stop and think. And uh, what, what am I passionate about? And some people think, well, I can't afford the luxury of a passion because I'm working to put food on the table. But the truth of mm -hmm. it is, they don't have to, as we said, be these big things. They don't have to be uh, things that other people are doing. They don't have to be shared with anybody else even. It could be what makes you happy. If you think about it, what brings you joy, what brings you satisfaction and pleasure in your life. I have a question. Do you think linking passion and work is more of a generational concept than a sign of the times? Or do you think older people or people like us, Generation X and boomers, didn't really have that link with passion and work so prevalently as it's pushed at us today. You're absolutely right. Uh, it is a recent phenomena mm -hmm. that uh, living your passion, and it's really a, a, a phenomena that's more um, prevalent in, in the United States. Um, right. Older cultures, their, their their passion, they would immediately tell you, is, is their family and, and other things. And, right. and certain races are attributed to being much more passionate than others, mm -hmm. and they're allowed to be that way, and we define mm -hmm. them in these gross general terms. Certainly Hispanics, uh, Juan, you and I are Hispanic, are we are automatically seen as, oh, you guys are such passionate people. And such hard workers, too. Correct, mm -hmm. correct. So it is it is something that is a recent phenomenon. You're right, in our generation, passion had nowhere in work. We were lucky to have a Indeed. job, we punched the clock. There was no talk about culture. It was just come in, do your work, 
take your check and mm-hmm. be happy. Well, what is that going to look like with Gen Z and beyond? That's right. It is really changing. It certainly started changing mm-hmm. with millennials. And like everything, nothing is all or nothing. Nothing is so black and white. Mm-hmm. There are some wonderful things about creating a culture of purpose where mm-hmm. people feel passionate about mm-hmm. what they do. And there's a real sense of community. But the other side of it is sometimes you get so wrapped up in that. Do you are you really stopping and asking yourself at one point maybe you're no longer truly passionate about those things and maybe you're doing a lot of other things Mm -hmm. that may not be what you want to do so obviously you always have to bring real mindfulness Mm -hmm. something that makes me think and and sean you you brought it up um with the younger generations um when i was going to college um gap years were not something you talk about i went straight from college I had an internship at a TV station that following Monday, I was already um, cutting a paycheck mm-hmm. um, at work. I think it's so wonderful for these younger people to take that one year off mm-hmm. to go explore things, to go travel, to to paint, to do cultivate what, their passion. Indeed, which is so key because um, I didn't have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And we see it in the older generations. Once they retire, they pick up painting. Yes. They go back to community college to learn another uh, language. Yes, and and actually we we would see it mm-hmm. uh, certainly in the work that we do, and that is changing. We would see that as you lost your focus, you were not right. driven. There was a mm-hmm. lot of negative connotation, even though on this side of it we would say, "Oh my gosh, you're so fortunate, you took some time off," but. Not really. We we questioned your mm-hmm. drive. We questioned your focus on your work. But you're right. It is an opportunity to explore passion, but it's also an opportunity to learn about yourself right. and find what your purpose is. Find what matters to you. Find out what your why is. Mm-hmm. Why do you do the things that you do and why do you right. want to do them? And, you know, I you're right. Um, many people wait mm-hmm. till they retire to do things that they're passionate mm-hmm. about or they can't wait to do more of them. And yes, I do not mean to minimize how hard most people have to work Indeed. to provide a living for their family. But we want to encourage people to live a fulfilled, robust life and find pleasure and joy in many different things. Mm-hmm. I have um, this woman who uh, is over 70 who dances with me at the dance studio. She is this brilliant individual. She grew up, uh, I believe, in Sweden, although she's of German descent. Mm -hmm. She was um, a phenomenal, phenomenal leader at UCLA Hospital. She headed up the entire nursing program. She's this wonderful, funny, kind woman who all her life she wanted to dance, but her parents had said, you know, you need to have a purposeful practice. She had loving, kind human mm-hmm. beings as parents. And so she was a nurse, and then she led nurses. She's brilliant, She, but she always wanted to dance. She started dancing in her late 60s. But wow. in the back of her head, she kept thinking, I need to stay on track. I need to stay I on track. I need to stay on track. Mm-hmm. She was she she was a dutiful daughter. She And it's not to say that she didn't live a robust life because she loved her work and she excelled. But she started dancing in her late 60s and into her early 70s and to watch her wow. on the dance floor beam up and light up and as she goes into you know what we call the twilight years I'm really grateful that she found dance but she's the first to say to me I'm glad that I did it because I cannot imagine having lived of life and never experiencing mm-hmm. it looking back um just my experience when I got out of college I felt like I was so behind the eight ball already mm-hmm. because it took me five years 
to get a four-year degree because I changed my major so mm -hmm. often during during college mm -hmm. that it was about getting get to work, get that job, snag mm -hmm. it quickly because there's people coming behind you, and and yes, you're going to be you're 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 late to the party already. Mm -hmm. I wish the culture back then. The only do-over I would do in life mm -hmm. is take that gap year, take that moment because in your twenties, early twenties, you have a lifetime to work. You have a lifetime mm -hmm. to, but you only have a certain amount of time to explore those little things that, that a gap year could, could fuel your passion. So maybe what we want to live with, leave with our listeners, Juan is find those gap moments in mm -hmm. your day and in your week, right. find those gap moments where you can say, what joy can I bring to my life today? Especially during times of great uncertainty, uh, and great stress and distress is is take a moment to say what can I explore in my life what can I find in my life what can I find in my community that brings me joy and passion and maybe the, it could bring additional value to my life but reaching into understanding what is my purpose and how can I bring my purpose like Sean did to make a difference to help protect a park that he mm -hmm. is so passionate about and and make a difference because look you're already here. We're here. We're on this planet. All of these things lie within us. We have mm -hmm. to have the self-awareness, the focus and management of our emotions and our, our thoughts, push away those negative thoughts of I can't or it's not possible or it's going to cost too much money and start with the small things, those mm -hmm. small moments. And maybe at some point you'll get to be fortunate enough to have a gap year where you mm -hmm. pursue something mm -hmm. really passionate or maybe you'll get to the point at a stage in your life where you do something that you always wanted to do. And it's clear Sean's example is just one example in his life. He mm -hmm. may, may have many other examples mm -hmm. of, of a passionate moment. And I hope that mm -hmm. he does. I hope that we all <laughs> live rich, fulfilled lives that is not about material possession. It's not about what others think about you. Is the joy and the pleasure and the confidence that you bring to yourself, to your life, of living a life that matters to mm -hmm. you, connecting with other people, and always driving with joy and purpose. And I would love to hear from our listeners as well, Cecile. Yes, please. Yes. Have them write to us. Go to our website, endswithz.com, and share with us your passion because I think there's a definite follow-up here. Don't you think, Sean? For sure. Absolutely. We can definitely talk more about that. And that'll bring us to the end of yet another podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Ends With Z. We'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe at www.endswithz.com to get the latest updates from us. Email us with questions or show suggestions. We'll be happy to hear from you. Also, follow us on Instagram for tips and insight as well. Until next week, for Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe, I'm Juan Fernandez. Have a great day because above all else, you matter.